Welcome to the Mostly AV Who We Are show. In this series, we highlight an AV professional, learn more about their story, and get their take on our industry. And now, without further ado, please welcome our hosts, Michelle Lorette and Jerry Gallegos. Welcome to the new show, Michelle. Hey, How are you? Jerry. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I I'm doing excellent. I know you're still on the job hunt. Still on the job hunt, but keeping myself busy doing stuff, trying not to... Yeah, no, you are keeping busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. So you're helping some of your old recording studio friends. I like that you've kind yeah, of reconnected no. with that group, getting back to your roots, right? Getting back to my roots, doing some mixing now. I mean, because that, that's what I used to do before. Yeah. Um, you know, at the tail end of my recording career, I was basically just a mixing engineer. So I've, I've, I've been asked to mix some stuff now, so which is really uh-huh. cool. Could possibly... Do you, uh, do you still have the chops? Is Apparently like I do, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had uh, a real um, real popular producer guy that I, that I work with, and he sent me, I told him, send me a track just so, just to, you know, so I can see what I can do. Uh-huh. And after playing with it for an hour or so, or an hour and a half, I sent him back a copy of what I had so far, and he's like, all right, keep working on it. So apparently I still got the job. So. Yay. Well, I'm really excited. So we, we have a very, very special guest today. Not that every <laughs> guest isn't special. They are. Um, but some people are, are extra special. Um, I call him my dance partner because um, we went to a party at Infocom one year. Uh, there was a West Coast consultant who shall remain nameless, Joey D'Angelo. And so Joey did like a launch party for his consultancy. Um, and it literally was like something out of entourage, you know? I mean, I don't know how much money he spent on it, but he like rented some balcony at some amazing bar at some amazing hotel, right? Like overlooking the Bellagio fountains and he had full bottle service. And, um, and as you know, not all engineers have the ability to dance. That's a skill set. Uh, Marcus is one of those. So I'm really excited, uh, that today joining us is Marcus Yarborough. So I'm really excited. Marcus was a staff instructor for Avixa for as long as I can remember, and we'll get those details from him. And they've made a change um, in kind of their go-to-market strategy. And so uh, so he is now back in the job search, and I can't wait to find out um, kind of the history of Marcus Yarborough. Marcus, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Welcome I to the show. It. I'm here. Excellent. So, so Marcus, um, you recently got laid off. Um, when did oh. that happen? Uh, August 4th. They um, let about 22 of us go, um, kind of restructuring for the whole new environment that we're dealing with due to COVID-19. Yeah. And kind of the majority of the learning department, uh, some people in marketing, as well as an expo and um, membership were all let go. You know, it, it is it, the group of this collective group of of Avixa professionals that got let go were some of the nicest, most talented people I've ever worked with. So I, it was definitely, you know, like our heart breaks, right? As an industry, right. you, hate, you hate to lose good people, and yeah. and especially when they're people that their skills can kind of transfer to other industries, and you want to keep them in your industry. But what if another industry scoops them up? You know, um, yeah. how do how do we get that brain trust back? And uh, so how how long did you work for Avixa? Uh, just over five years. I started back in 2015. Nice. Um, so, <laughs> um, 
We're looking at uh, your beautiful Pitbull, Samson. Yeah, he, he wants like to said, be on screen. I love it. I told you before, he likes, to, whenever I'm talking onto a microphone, he thinks I'm talking to him. So he mm-hmm. wants to join the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I started with the Vixa back in 2015. Um, and that year in Orlando was my first time ever to an Infocom show as well. So how did that, how did you get the job at Avixa? Like, did, did they just have a posting on the Avixa info at the time, Infocom website? Um, or, yeah. you know, because I mean, how did you think to go work for the trade organization? Um, well, I was actually a design engineer at the time. Okay. And I happened to go on the website just to see what was out there and saw that they were looking for a staff instructor. Ah. Um, and that, that whole idea had never crossed my mind before. And it, I think it was right when Paul Streppen had just left mm-hmm. and Bill Thomas was ab- actually about to transition to a different role other than staff instructor. Mm. Um, so that was under Melissa Taggart as the vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied and I got the job. I'm not quite sure how. I love uh, it. The only time I've ever taught anything was training privates in the military about how to do their job. Well, I think it's very smart for people to hire people with a military background, quite frankly. You know, I mean, you know, they have discipline, right? And and they can get the job done. Um, You know, and it's kind of neat one. I've seen you all over outside of trade shows. uh, You've traveled extensively for the organization. I've seen you at at all the the ISCs I've ever been to. You were there, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, So when you were in the military, did you also travel all around the world? Not as much as most people would think. Um, I was actually in communications, but I got attached to military intelligence. Ah. So the only time I went overseas was in 96, I volunteered to go to Bosnia. Oh, nice. And then, yeah. Aren't you a badass? Uh, Wow. I wanted to get out of the state. So I figured, why not? What's the worst that could happen? I mean, outside of death, nothing, right? I mean, Ah. ah. Death, schmeth. Um, so, did you like Bosnia? What, or do you like the Bosnian people? What's the culture like? Um, yeah, the, the few Bosnian people that I did get to meet were really yeah. nice. Um, yeah. And it, unbeknownst to me, they've been fighting for years. So, I know. I thought this thing just started. Like, no, nah, we've been doing this for 900 years. It's just <laughs> they involved new technology in their war. And it's like, yeah, you got a lot of landmines. Yeah. Let's help with that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, we've been at this for a while. Now it's just televised. That's all. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the only yeah, so, I mean, the whole time I was there, I was running a video conferencing unit. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was right by the generals and stuff. I wore civilian clothes. I, I had no ammunition for my weapon because there was so much other stuff around me protecting us. It's like, yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> They're Bro. like, uh, we've got three nukes. We've got five missiles. Uh, you know, you're, you, you're good. So how did you... How did you, what was the transition from military to civilian life? How did you get into that? Well, I was never really looking at the military as a career. Right. Um, you you weren't going to be at 20 school. years, right? Yeah. yeah. No, okay. I, I, right out of high school, like seven days after graduation, I was in basic training. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, it was that I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I did it for five years. And once I got out, I was like, all right, now I guess I need to grow up. Yeah. Um, Thank you for service, by the way. Yeah, Thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so I, I took. I was gonna. like I was gonna take a year and figure out myself. Yeah. Started working at a uh, a Lone Star Steakhouse for a little while. Okay. I had some friends that worked there. It's like, oh yeah, not a problem. I could do that. And the bartender's husband was the uh, install manager at a local AV company. Ah. And he was prior army. Okay. So I gave my resume, and that was back in two thousand and one, and yeah, I've been doing it ever since. 
So I started That's out as awesome. an Intel tech, worked my way up to service technician, programmer and designer, and then now instructor. Well, so how now? What's what I like about you, and I think Jerry, you'll like this as well. In addition to AV, you also have IT background. Where did you get your IT knowledge? Uh, well, again, while I was still in the military, <laughs> while I was still in the military, um, started doing Unix training. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then I got out after being in AV, and I just saw the immersion of how much we actually were already doing AV over IP. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I still need to get, I'd still like to get my degree. Mm-hmm. And I just had a daughter and I was like, you know, I want to finish my college degree before she gets to school. Mm-hmm. So that way right. I, I did it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So while working full time, I went to night school for college and got my degree in computer networking back in oh. 2012. Oh, that's so, smart. Yeah. How old is your daughter now? Uh, she's 13. Oh, that's such a great age. Yeah. So awesome. I got a, I got a 13 year old son and daughter. So I was like, yay. Were they twins? Or no. They tw- Y'all just did them back to back. You knocked that out, huh? All right. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. The best laid non-plans. All right. See how that works. None of that was planned at all. Yeah. But you know what? Surprise. I know. So it's interesting because you've, you know, you've got the military background. Obviously, you're a trainer. Um, so you've got a, a, an instructional um bag of experience you've been an av design engineer and a sales engineer you're you're definitely the type of engineer you're very jerry gallegos like that y'all can be customer facing which not all engineers want or desire um or should be allowed to be or or (laughs) that yeah some don't mind it some like it but they still shouldn't be in front of the customer i think it really comes down to are they introverted or extroverted uh, yeah. The introverted guys are the ones that like to stay back in the house and kind of just, I'll stick to the paperwork and I'll do the design. And the more outward going extroverts are, yeah, put me in front of the customer. Yeah. Um, I need to have my hands on it. Right. Yeah. We have a lot of Sheldons in our, in our <laughs> profession. If you yeah, had, there's, a, there's a quite a few. Sheldons. If you had to pick like the job that was the most fun or even like give some examples of what you enjoyed the most of different positions you had. Do you, do those come to the top of your mind? Um, well, I guess it would be a cross between two of them. Okay. Uh, one would definitely be a VIXA, just getting to travel all over Europe, uh, yeah. the United States. Um, not only just training um, and being in that instructor role, but meeting all the different people that were interested in learning more about AV or network. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, other than that, it was um, when I was back with one of my the first integrator I was with. Uh, we had a somewhat residential component that we had, uh-huh. and but the thing was, we only only residence we did was a Saudi prince. Oh wow! Oh, around the world, so we got to go to Morocco and Saudi Arabia, Egypt, England, and Germany, and do all these houses and yachts. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was just. I was like, wow, I've never seen Morocco or I've never seen this side of it. And it was just awesome. So getting to travel and do a job that I loved, as well as getting to see new places and just enjoy it. Yeah, that's very very similar to my experience because I I got to work for a billionaire for uh, for like three years and I was based in the Caribbean. So that kind of same (laughs) scenario, I got to fly around. 
<laughs> live on a sailboat in Antigua. Was it Antigua? Yeah. Antigua, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, and I'm fascinated with yacht AV. Awesome. I mean, that would be, if I was going to go hyper niche, I think I would just specialize in luxury yachts. I mean, it's its own world. It's its own ecosystem. Yeah. And you can make a lot of money by being hyper niche. So that's incredible. You can, but you got to watch out for the pitfalls. Like, yeah. You know, I'm used to doing a conference room, but this is a different material. This right. isn't drywall or gypsum. This is something keeping this thing afloat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, I mean, as a professional AV person, um, you know, we don't do mill work. <laughs> that's that's another trade. Uh, we're no, we're not going to cut the holes in the conference table, whether it's wood, whether it's, you know, marble. No, that's not us. Well, we definitely it. try not to. We try not. daring people out there. Well, let's just give it a shot. No, let's not. Yeah, the minute you screw up $100,000 conference table, um, you definitely go, we're not going to do that again, right? Yeah, no. and, and does our insurance cover that? I mean, yeah, yeah, the liability. Yeah, the only time I would say, if you want to give that a shot, get somebody to sign off responsibility. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. After Plausible that, deniability. You know so as you look forward, so you've had a little time to decompress um, and come to terms. It's very sad to lose a job, and especially during a, a weird crisis. Um, I got lucky. I, I got a job, but I, I got laid off during the 2009 housing crisis, which wasn't a crisis in Texas because we have homestead laws and you're yeah. not allowed to take out more than 80% of the value of your house. So I didn't even know this global or national thing was coming. Right. Um, and then my whole pipeline collapsed and, and it was nice because the federal government stepped up, right? And there was some different support, if you will. Uh, but it's still very uncertain. There's a lot of supply and demand. So yeah. you've had some time to think like, where do I go next? What do I enjoy? So what types of opportunities are you interested in? And, and you, you have, you've got preteens, right? 13-year-olds. So yeah. do you need to stay in Virginia? Are you open to different parts of the country or the world? What have you thought through that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to relocating because the kids live with their moms. Okay. So that's not something that's necessarily holding me in the place. Yeah. Um, and they're also at an age where even if I traveled, they both like to see new things. So sure. So coming to visit would be awesome. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Limiting myself to the United States, I'd even go to Europe. Okay. Because uh, I can speak some German, uh, Arabic. Uh, ah, Spriggan Deutsch. Dutch, and yeah, nice. Spanish. Oh. oh, and sign language, but it's only good here in the state, so that doesn't count. <laughs> they do have. I know their sign language is different, and it's yeah. like very naive that none of us ever knew that. Like, so yeah, BSL is like you know Americans yeah, ASL, I, I, yeah, I ASL <laughs> American sign language. Um, but other than that, um, I'd like to get back into the design or consulting fields. Okay. Um, and if I still have the opportunity to teach, yeah. So whether it's right. teaching in house or right. volunteering, it's just something just giving back to the community. Right. That's awesome. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for participating. I mean, and that's what I try to explain to people because um, I'm, I'm obviously always promoting the women's council, but we have other councils. We have diversity council. We've got the system integration council. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, I try to just explain to people that as much as I love pro AV and it was a million times more interesting than structured cabling. Um, active components is where it's at. Um, I, I think my, in my career, 
participating and getting to know the people in Avixa, which started with podcasting in AV, you know, it, it just made, it made it more meaningful and it is about the people. And I've just, I had Jerry uh, join one of the AV and the AM happy hours. Uh, Oh, he shut that (laughs) down. They were up till two in the morning. Uh, Literally uh, the AV Brits were up till like seven and he met so many people. So he actually has a whole nother set of friends that I don't even know uh, that he met through the happy hour, you know, that are AV tweets. And the networking connections you get just in the industry are amazing. Um, even just right. in this last two weeks, I've had so many people from some of my first classes I've had. Oh yeah. Reach out. Reach out to me. Oh, that's nice. I, I remember most of them. Uh, just cause like right. uh, once I see the picture, I'm like, oh yeah, you sat here and uh-huh. you asked this one question. You, you um, can picture them in your classroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've even, I've even, a friend of mine just happened to make a comment about, oh yeah, this buddy I know just lost his job. He was a teacher. It's like, oh, what do you teach? And he kind of explained, he's like, does he look like Vince Vaughn? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, friend. Um, I was like, yeah, when I shave, I get that comment a lot. It's like, what's his name? And he said his name. He's like, yep, I remember him. Uh, we were arrested at about four years ago, and I did this one um, seminar. It's like, oh, yeah, y'all um, that's freaking uh-huh. awesome. It is, but and and I will say there is a lot to be said with the networking component. Yeah. I mean, and Jerry, you've experienced this in, with, mm-hmm. in getting oh, yeah. new positions. Yeah, 99% of the time, it's not you responding to something that you find on a, on a website. It's somebody knows you, they've worked with you in the past, you right. get that referral, you know, that recommendation, uh, whatever the case may be. And um, it helps you get that leg up, you know, because it's already the implied endorsement, you know. And so there's a lot to be said for that side of it as well. Well, it's like, you know, Chuck Espinoza. I do know Chuck, the mad sound guy. Absolutely. And, well, when I first met him was in 2015, uh-huh. just before he had started uh, being a staff instructor full-time for a Vixen. Who was he with back then? He was with an integrator for a long, um, long time, wasn't uh, he? Yeah, it'll come to us but yeah he was with somebody he was yeah he was in integration for a long long time with one employer i remember that and uh but the thing was he had a technician that had worked for him that i originally trained (laughs) wow okay that's so cool small world always i was like oh you know chris i was like yeah i've known him for years like i've known him since he was 17 Ah, that's awesome that is awesome so yeah, I mean, uh, it just just the amount of people you get to know, and even if it's just like an acquaintance, you kind of meet them on a project, or you, they they work for a consultant on the West Coast, you never met face to face, and then randomly, yeah, you just happen to meet at a, a small convention or at the show, and it's like, oh my god, and they know everybody you've ever met, right? Yeah. Just amazing, but yeah, I mean, the the industry as a whole is just awesome. I mean, it's basically like a large extended family. I, I think so. Is, yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. And it's funny because if you look back at Jerry's work history, he's worked for several employers like multiple times. I mean, I, he is the AV boomerang. Yeah. You know, if I was going to rebrand his Twitter handle, it would be AV boomerang because he doesn't burn <laughs> a bridge, which is a, a good policy. You know, he leaves on a yeah. high note. Um, and so, and they are, they know, they know that he's got the goods, right. You know? And so I, that's really impressive. Cause I'm not like a makeup and breakup kind of girl, you know, like I, I just scorched the earth like Sherman and, you know, we might still be friends, but we ain't ever getting back together. Whereas Jerry, he'll go there, you know, he'll date you several times. I did it once. 
Yeah. Uh, did you? Did you? Yeah, my, my, my first AV company I was with, I left them to try my hand at something else. And yeah. about two years later, I came right back, and that's when I first got the design. Well, but now, did, did you notice, okay, did you make more money because you had left? Because that's what happens also when you home grow people within your right. ecosystem of home growing, they top out. They almost have to leave so that you miss them and realize they are worth more because they, yeah. sometimes they hire people yeah. and pay them more than you that, because that's what they were making at, at their previous yeah. employer. So. And I'd made, I'd made more money when I came back, but yeah. yeah, I was in a completely different role from being a service technician to yeah. a designer. Right, um, but in that same regard, I've I've seen throughout the industry, a lot of employers will throw around titles, yeah, like they're nothing. Yeah, like I've seen I see a lot of like even doing a job search. Oh, engineer. Well, my definition of an engineer is a lot more technical, and they're looking for field technicians and just right. pulling them engineers. Right. And yeah, like, they don't. People, oh, I was a design. I'm a designer. Yeah, but aren't you in pre-sales? Yeah, but it's still the same thing. Kind of, but not really. Yeah, and it depends on the definition of the pre-sales engineer. Right. You know what I mean, yeah. I, that's so. Yeah, we we do not have this uh, universal standards, if you will. It's very pro AV, which you know people think they want standardization. But coming but from structured cabling, no, you don't. Uh, because when standardization comes, commoditization. Right. And I've got people. I've been talking about AV over IP since 2012. With Tim Mackey, who used to be with uh, Clear One, and they had acquired a resi company that was already doing AV over IP, and yeah. NetStreams, I think it was called. And so I've been talking to glazed over eyes, and here we are 2020, and I'm just exhausted. Right. Well, right. I've been putting IP addresses in systems since I was in the military working with a conference unit right. on an old AMX system that still had the green and black panel. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, I had to put an IP address into that so we could actually call out. And that was getting my audio video over the internet. Oh, yeah. We've been doing it for well over 20 years. I know. We've just never acknowledged that. I know. Using the network. Yeah, we're in this like collective denial. Jerry got a, pro, a a job. It was really more of like a contract, but he was a direct employee with Whitlock. Whitlock was one of two companies that won the ExxonMobil campus, which was 16 buildings. And I, I think Ford got nine and, and Whitlock got seven. I think that's how it was. Something like that, yeah. And he was in charge of IP tables for tens of thousands of components. That's all he did. So he literally had like a command and control. How many, how many displays did you six, have? Uh, six displays. Yeah. He had six displays that it was just all IP tables for days and days and days and days. Yeah. But it, but it wasn't, he, and he did a great job at it. I, I give him full credit, but it's not like being a fun design engineer and meeting with customers and you know how it is creating this solution. It's good. It's IP tables. I mean, he was well, like, uh, it comes back to what you really like though. Right. Because there's been plenty of times when I've just dealt with a network and I've loved it. Yeah. Uh, whether it was configuring VLANs or setting mm. up um, static routes. And yeah. then, this wasn't that fun, but <laughs> technical data entry is not fun. Yeah, yeah. Jerry's yeah. not the guy that you put on the bid desk. You well, know, no, what I mean? That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Some people yeah. have that thing that just really drives them. Yeah, right, right. Um, and there's some people that doing numbers and just looking at right. people that is their thing. Sure, great right on you. I know. Right. More power to you, brother. There's, there's some people that you have to do a few different roles to find that one passion. Right. Uh, if you had to pick one passion, what what would your one? Pa- I mean, your passion. Riding my motorcycle. Thing? 
Yeah. Producer sports bike. What do you got? Uh, I got a Honda Shadow Saber 1100. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. You oh, like motorcycles, right, I, Jerry? Yeah, I got. Well, I had four of them in the garage. Now I got down to three. So. <laughs> Tell us about yeah. your motorcycle collection, Jerry. So, well, yeah, what do you have? Do you have like racetrack bikes? Or you, you uh, have, actually, I have a Harley a, guy. I have a, a Prilia Mana 850, which is kind of like a adventure bike style bike. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a Honda VFR 800, which is a considered a sport touring bike. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more, you know, you're not laying down on it. Yeah. I'm on, so I can do that. <laughs> you got rid of that dirt bike. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. And uh, I have a the big Harley full full decked out dresser. Uh, That's so, you know, I've known you all these classic. years. I knew you liked motorcycles and I knew you had a motorcycle. I never realized till right now in this uh, conversation with Marcus Yarborough that you actually have a collection. Uh, you don't pimp it like you do your automobiles. Jerry's also into cars. I think anything with a motor. Yeah. We're going to see his <laughs> lawnmower collection, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I try to avoid car collections just because yeah. my family. Well, yeah, my insurance guy loves me. <laughs> I actually have a relationship with a guy at the inspections is at the local inspection station near my house because it's like most of my vehicles are up around February, March. So I'm just bringing in, you know, one after the other. It's like you, you know. just reserve like the morning. I'm just going to be there for the like four hours. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, we're just going to go through them. Yeah, it's like I'll, I'll pull up one motorcycle, then the next one, then the one after that, then the car, then the truck. <laughs> Now, are you one of those vehicle owners that tries to match up the inspection with the registration dates so you can just uh, renew we, them? We, we went to single tag. So we're a single oh, okay. tag yeah. state. So yeah. you get your um, inspection and then somehow that's registered right through the whatever. Yeah, they go through in, into the computer. There's no more independent sticker. So, yeah, so, so we just have one now. Oh, we're very fancy. Well, uh, you, I'm sure you've seen the news and you've seen our governor here in Virginia. Yeah, that's not how we do it. No, no, I'm surprised. I'm surprised people have even been able to get their unemployment benefits. Honestly, imagine if instead of Unix, when you were in the military, if you had learned uh, COBOL. Oh, you you could at school and stuff. I well, with Unix, I mean, you figure that that's one of the direct derivatives that came right after DOS. Yeah. So that was one of those foundational kind of Mm -hmm. uh, coding languages. So like people went to school and stuff, and I started um, studying Linux and all that. It, it was so much easier because I already had that foundational root. Well, I already now, know. You guys are making me feel old. When, oh. I, when I got my degree in computer science, I was, I was Fortran, COBOL. Basic. Basic. basic Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, Jerry and I uh, are I, mean, I, I learned man. that stuff too, but that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, that, it's, that, that, it's like, yeah, because I, I got my degree in 89, so. That's old people language. No yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's old. It's like uh, I found this perfect meme on Facebook where it says like it's like I hate the fact that now I'm the same age as the old people. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, my, yeah, my my son and daughter are like pointing out my gray hairs. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just foreshadowing what you're going to be like. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious. Do you um, do you have a preference for facial hair or not having facial hair? Are you like do you because you've got kind of a full on beard with more um, of a Emphasis on the goatee-ish portion. And now, usually, there's at least a goatee. Okay, okay. Uh, That's how I know you. I'll, I'll I know you with the goatee. Okay, yeah. Start fresh. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I did just recently have the sides as well. I just shaved those down. Okay. I, I have not grown it out like some other people. Yeah. I look like I'm on Duck Dynasty. 
Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not trying to uh, have a man bib. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, every now and then just, yeah, I, I grew up because after the military and all that, I'd be like, You're, you can't shave. I but know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I have a full beard at once a week, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, then, mine doesn't grow that fast. <laughs> I shaved this morning. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, like 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 Homer Simpson. You see in the intro to the the Simpsons where he's like shaves, and like as soon as he finishes, just goes boom, <laughs> comes out again. <laughs> That's oh, me. Yeah. I know a lot of guys like that. I'm so I only have to worry about my legs, and you know, I can't get it to grow my head though to save my life. <laughs> As I get one little spot over here, it's being finicky. It's it's just so not cooperating. Yeah. Do you? Uh, so is Virginia is still in full lockdown? Oh I God, assume? no. No. Really? No. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't kept up. I should. I just haven't really paid attention to Virginia. I'm so obsessed with the state I live in, Texas. Um, so, no, they yeah. go. Because I've just been seeing, like, Notre Dame and UNC, they went back to school, and within, like, a week, they're now shut down, and the kids are all having to go back. And I don't know if that's even more heartbreaking than never having gone and schlepped all your stuff and set it up in the first place. But And just for reference, we are recording this episode on August the 19th. So Yeah, I so know. People get to listen to it down the, down the line and stuff. We'll, they'll have a reference of what. Oh, cool. That's in my territory. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she just started the eighth grade out there in person. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. They're uh, doing that here too in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. My son's here in Virginia. They're doing virtual. Oh, right. really? See, so, yeah, I know. It's like, okay. Well, I mean, teach their own, but yeah, no, here in Virginia, I mean, they want everybody. If like, if you go in any store or any public yeah. place like that, indoors, wear a mask. Um, right. Other than that, no. Nah, I mean, you can put, you can still go to restaurants. They do the social distancing. Yeah. Uh, so every other table. Uh huh. They haven't opened the, the amusement parks, um, and they've canceled like um, high school and um, football and all that just because yeah. crowds. Right. The liability. Uh, people, people are still going to be people in yeah. the Commonwealth. We're, they're still going to the beaches. They're still gathering and doing stuff. Well, it's, I'm here, you know. It's interesting because I I read an article that talked about the the last great you know flu pandemic from back in the day, um, at the beginning of the decade. Guess what? Everybody acted just the same. So you know, I it was I thought it was very informative just from that perspective that I just was like, wow, people are just you know in this modern day and age, we're just selfish jerks you know and we're not gonna comply and blah blah but no there's a lot of human nature that goes into it and and there's always people that don't agree Uh, i mean like back then the president didn't even discuss the pandemic he was all worried about they were still trying to support a war effort they didn't want to distract so you know it's very easy you know as our monday morning quarterbacks as we like to do we all judge and we all have opinions and we all have a lot of ways to immediately share those opinions right that's the big difference between the last one and now yes prolification of social media right and that everybody everybody has everybody has you know back back then very a few select people had a internet device in their phone right now everybody does even the kids so it's just you know it's 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 information and how it gets out there and how it gets filtered when it gets out there not just by people uh uh organizations but also by the people yeah. yeah. Nine out of ten, your social media news comes from somebody else you know. So from a friend of a friend, you know, like not yeah. and 
you can't trust half of it or more of it. You can't trust really none of it. Well, My brothers, I, sisters, cousins, yeah. neighbors, uh, third relative on right. your exactly. Oh, I, I some some friends very near to dear to me know that I am a little bit of uh, I you know I'm the person that like when I see something that I don't like. Well, with Jerry, I just put something. I just send him something from Twitter that he has to is oh, to read. Uh, okay. Not recently, but you know how I am. Yeah, I'll send him some article I've read, and I'm like, huh. Uh, but I won't say anything on Facebook because you know it's a Southern thing. If you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. But occasionally, I've been like, um, "Hi, I'm not happy with your source. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, they're a racist hate group. So please look at your source before you post stuff on Facebook. Thank you, Love Michelle XOX." So, you know, publicly, because I'm like, don't know your sources, you know, like, come on, like, yeah, don't get, and this is long before this administration, long before, this is just in general, we've been doing this for years, checking each other, you know, but we all (laughs) love and respect each other. Absolutely. And and we deliver it in a way that we all know each other well enough that yeah none of us get butt hurt we all forgive each other and we and we and we also i think respect when that we all have differing opinions you know and right. i still love and and respect my friends even when they my own mother who just passed away recently um had a completely different uh political viewpoint with me and that was fine as long as she didn't try to discuss it with me you know i was like <laughs> to each his own but i don't want to hear your shit there you love, go <laughs> love your mom you know i mean so no. so, so i got a question for you michelle oh yeah. yeah, that doesn't happen very often because I mean, well, I figured why not? Because uh, it was something oxygen. you mentioned before um, in the Women's Council. Yeah. How's that going? For us, you know, our foundation was assembling and getting together, right? And encouraging other people through different things, right? So we'd have events. You know, my last event for Houston was uh, a training, a custom advanced training that I had Paul Zealy create uh, for the Houston engineers and uh, it was, it was an amazing event, right? It was totally. Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, we had to limit the class size as you can appreciate. Um, And it, you know, it was wonderful because it was guys and girls and other people that can support. So from our perspective, Marcus, you know, we've done some cool things. We did our last, our last, second to last official event uh we did a custom advanced training um over high bandwidth networks in av uh which was freaking amazing because i got all the top engineers in the city i literally like called them up one-on-one it was like you want this training oh and by the way i have sponsors it's free and you know it's worth your while and they know i won't lead them wrong i did i told jerry i told all the other top engineers in the town and so the event was sold out because Paul won't let us have more than 20 people because he needs it to be meaningful. Um, yeah. And we have to keep it within that time frame. But that was good. And then um, uh, for International Women's Day, 
which is at the beginning of March. We did a tour of the uh, women of Glenwood Cemetery, which is the oldest cemetery in town. It was really, there was only a handful of us because it was like around spring break time and the world okay. hadn't shut down then, you know, we were all still in denial more than a river <laughs> in Egypt. Um, so it's been a little bit of a struggle. We still have our monthly meetings so, and we have gotten some new groups to start up um, and I'm pimping it pretty hard. You know, I'm just telling people, look, you you can join the women's council even if you're not a woman let's just say you support women what a novel concept uh, but even if that's not your cup of tea we've got you know system integrator council we got diversity council we've got consultant there's a council for everybody and if there isn't they can create one exactly that's i mean like part. just yeah join and support and by participating i think it'll make their av experience i mean we spend so much time at work it makes it so much more meaningful when you participate it really does even if you just participate you can't bitch unless you participate it's just like voting if you didn't vote i don't want to hear you complain about how things turned out and i feel the same way about our trade organization if you participate complain away all day long we love yeah. to commiserate you know um, <laughs> right right i mean that's what i need to do the evicts rum council Create a council. We need, there is, there is a vacuum. We do not have any um, alcohol centric, although I probably could get Rich Ventura, who's now with Sony. I think he was Mr. NEC. He's a, he's a Kentucky uh, bourbon guy. <laughs> I could get him to start a bourbon council. So I would let him kind of start that in terms of alcohol councils. And then you could just follow behind him, you know, catch his right. draft and go ahead and start the rum council. But right, let, him, yeah. let him do the heavy lifting, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> let, let, let him be the first person to crash through the glass ceiling, so to say. Yeah. Oh, and also, I, uh, I don't get any retweets or promotions unless I also point out that we love Joe Way. Joe Way, uh, founder of HEPMA, he's in charge of AV at USC out in California. So shout out to the Higher Ed AV podcast and all of the in-house integrators uh, that support uh, all of our students that are in college and are having to, to deal with this crisis in a way that they've never had to. So um, I'm inserting this shout out strictly so Joe will pimp my, my, uh, my podcast. And because I have a lot of respect for Joe, and we're friends, so yeah, yeah. there's a couple of reasons actually. I mean, it's not just one reason. Um, so, Marcus, yeah. uh, you're amazing. How, if people want to look at your resume, they want to learn more about you. How do people find you? Are you on social media? Do they just look at LinkedIn? Do you want to give uh, a shout out to your email address? How do people find Marcus Yarborough so you can become their next amazing employee? Um, easiest way would again uh, LinkedIn, uh -huh. uh, which is just my name and last name is pretty easy. Yar, Bo without the W, rough. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Yar, Bo, rough. Okay, we got Usually that. Usually, I tell people to just look at the tattoo on my arm, but they can't see it. Right. Uh, not video yet. No. Well, that's why Jerry wants to add a video component. And I'm probably going to acquiesce because AV jams and everybody else already does it. But yeah. what they don't understand. Because they're like, it's a podcast. And I'm like, well, actually, y'all are creating a vlog that yeah. you're also incorporating into a Because a podcast is audio only. Um, if you're doing video, it's a vlog. So I don't mind adding a vlog component 
But if you don't rip the audio only and you only do video, you don't have a fucking podcast, period. Well, the most successful podcast in the world. Oh. Joe Rogan. He does them both, though. He does do them both. And and I appreciate that. I love you know, I I, ha- I have a strong affinity for Joe Rogan because when I didn't know what the heck I was doing on Twitter, I w- I was already following him uh just as a comedian, right? And right. I didn't really understand how Twitter worked, but I saw a tweet where he was coming to Houston and I I either responded or retweeted, who knows? I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, "Oh, Joe Rogan, Houston, he's so funny." La la la. And he responded to me and was like, oh, thanks, Michelle. And I was like, Joe Rogan, talk to me. This is like 10 years ago. <laughs> I got all like verklempt and fangirled. And I was like, what? I watched him on Fear Factor. Oh, my God. This is awesome. One of the 10,000 things he does. I know. Yeah. And now look, look. But yeah, I, yeah, he's amazing. But now I, I agree. We're in AV. There's, and I am a video girl. I just, I don't know, post-COVID, I don't feel like I'm as video-ready as I was 30 pounds ago. But that's fine. That's what lighting, light, light rings are for. And, and I don't know. Maybe I'll get a glam squad. Well, Marcus, enough about me and Jerry oh. and our damn podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Absolutely. Yeah, My pleasure. Uh, you are an amazing guy. You have uh, really excellent credentials. I know you would be an asset to any potential global employer. Um, so you definitely have a lot to add. Thank you for wanting to continue to give back to the AV community uh, through no, your volunteerism. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I volunteer for a lot of stuff because I don't have kids. Um, you have an excuse. You'd be like, look, I've got kids. But no, oh, no. I still volunteer. But you still volunteer, yeah. I know. Because so that, I have kids. Yeah. Because oh, you, yes. <laughs> you still get the above and beyond awards. You, you should have left it. It's like, I, I, I still volunteer. Make her yeah. feel bad for well i don't get to volunteer as much as others because right. i have kids but i yes. volunteer because i have kids 